You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron Dietrich here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in beautiful West Monroe, alongside from the Washita Citizen, Jake Martin. Jake Martin, how you doing this morning? Man, I'm good. I wish we could see people's texts today, but uh, right now we cannot. I'm working on that issue. Okay, well that's good. Hopefully you you figure that out, the tech guru that you are. Yes, I promise. Not promise. No promise. I pledge to get this thing working in the next hour. You should pledge to try. I will try. That's better than, than actually coming through. Plenty to discuss over the next uh, two hours. So if the text line is down right now, that just means we got to hear your voice. That's right. Call in. Story and we Shelby do need to Goosehead hear Head Insurance Hotline slash text line 888-993-7762. Can no longer just hide behind your text. We want to hear your voice. Yes, we do want to hear from you because we are continuing the movies bracket. Do you find that uh, you do so much more texting now than uh, just picking up the phone and say calling someone? Of course. It's Is it the lazy way out? It's the more efficient way yeah. of doing business. Especially uh, just on a day-to-day basis. With just, it, let's start with ba- business-wise. Just You hit up a coach. Hey, by the way, what's going on? You just need a quick response. I'm going to swing by. Yeah. It, just, it seems so. It's easy on them. It's easy on us. Yeah. And plus... You know, if you've got friends in other places, instead of calling and catching up, you know, just send a couple texts every day. You can be in a group text and just send one text every day. It is the millennial way. It's easy. Yeah, I know. It's a way of keeping up with more people. Mm. Okay. Uh, I I didn't plan on getting off on that. That's what I try to do. Derail us early from – derail us right when we leave the station. That's right. So here we go. Um. Let me get into movies first, and then we've got a lot of headlines, like more headlines than we typically do on a summer day. So, round three, we've got three matchups. We've got this is as we continue to count down, and I guess look forward to tomorrow on Top Ten Thursday, our Top Ten Sports Movies of All Time. So to get this thing kicked off this week on Monday, Jake came up with a poll. He went to to come up with the twenty best movies. It was it was uh, twenty four movies. Twenty four movies, but the top twenty came from IMDb. Uh, but we added a couple wild cards. Now, now we're down to six, and tomorrow we'll have three, and we'll have a triple threat for the crown, <laughs> a triple threat match between the top three movies. So, uh, the top the the six remaining are number one Hoosiers, who is losing to the wild card, the Sandlot. The Sandlot's winning that vote by sixty four percent. So if you love Hoosiers, you better get on at Morning Drive. This is a stunning upset. We just included a Sandlot. They were one of the wild card teams, and they, they have emerged through the bracket. They might win it all. Yeah. All right. Our second matchup is Rocky against the Fighter. Rocky is destroying the Fighter. Rocky has eighty-five percent of the vote. Can I give you my opinion on that? No, no. Okay. Well, I will. Any, I will anyway. The Fighter is a better movie. <laughs> the Fighter is a better movie because the action holds up. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Rocky's a punch did not land in Rocky. A, a punch did not land. A punch <laughs> did not come close to landing in Rocky, but uh, we all love the underdog story, right? And then the last uh, matchup is number three, Field of Dreams, against number seven, Miracle. Miracle had been mowing down the competition, but they might have met their match here. Field of Dreams has 66 percent of the vote. 
not to put you on the spot, but just to backtrack a little bit, how did Rocky, Sandlot, and Field of Dreams advance, or the ones that advanced to the final six? Oh, okay. Yesterday's uh, results were? Yesterday's results, and I'm stalling. Right. Um, okay, so yesterday's results were essentially um, the Sandlot beats. Hold on, okay. hold on. Sorry to put We've got some spot. confusion here. That w- those polls started yesterday. So these these you're talking about the polls from Tuesday or Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Field of Dreams beat Bull Durham, Miracle beat Cinderella Man, The Fighter beat Million Dollar Baby, Rocky beat Remember the Titans. That was a tight one, uh, and Hoosiers beat Rudy. Yeah, I was upset about that one. You lost some sleep over that one. I did. I did. That's why I lose sleep. Um, all right, so let's get into the highlights. The best way, of course, to uh, weigh in on this poll, you got to hit us up on our Twitter account, which is... At MorningDrive977. Voting will continue till... When's this poll close? This poll closes in, I would say, three hours. All right. And, man, it's going to be so dramatic. Triple threat, baby. Triple threat match. And then we will be down to the final three. And then, of course, the highly anticipated moment yesterday when Jake tells us that Rudy is his number one sports movie of all time. <laughs> What is going to be your number one, Hoosiers? That's the suspense. That's yeah. why I'm waiting until tomorrow. Mm. Rocky I, will certainly be in contention, along with Hoosiers. Okay. I told you, you're going to have way more old movies. Yeah. Well, I am way older than you, so it seems appropriate. I, I'm just saying, like, I don't think you get, I don't think you'll have a modern movie on your list, <laughs> which is kind of a shame. I mean, there have been some good modern sports movies. All-time sports movies. Our favorites is the title of it. So, Wait, what? Classics. You're looking for classics. Yeah. All-time greats. All right. Can I get to Just Urban Meyer? Just don't get caught up in the moment. All right. We got a number of headlines, and I guess it starts with uh, high-profile coaches being put in uh, difficult situations. We love it when uh, head coaches have to get up to the podium and ask tough questions. There are some tough questions now being asked to Urban Meyer, and it does not center around his team on the field. No, it does not. It centers around his former receiver coach, Zach Smith. Now, Smith was let go from the team, I would say, like a day before media days. So Urban steps up to the podium, and, of course, that's what everyone wants to talk about. Why is he just now being let go? An Ohio judge issued a protection order that forbids Smith from getting within 500 feet of his ex-wife. Yes, but this isn't anything new. Smith has had a um, a troubled past with his ex-wife. Um, he was charged with criminal trespassing in, in May, but you know you go all the way back to 2009 when they were still married, and uh, there was a domestic dispute there. Um, ultimately, the charges were dropped, and Urban you know talks about that. But here's where it gets tricky, Aaron. So Brett McMurphy, I don't even think he's with anybody still, former ESPN guy. Uh, I think he's still just kind of freelancing. But he, he's on top of it. He reported that police arrested Smith in 2015 on domestic violence charges in Powell. This is brought to Urban's attention, mm-hmm. and he pleads ignorance. And, in fact, he doesn't just plead ignorance. He calls it a flat-out lie. He says it's not true. Here's some audio of Urban at the podium saying just that. Because I've been asked about that. 2009, Zach was an intern, a, a very young couple. As I do any time, I imagine most 
coaches or people in leadership positions. You receive a phone call, first thing you do is tell your boss, uh, let the experts do their jobs. Uh, we're certainly not going to investigate. It came back to me that what was reported wasn't actually what happened. And so uh, Shelly and I actually both got involved because of our relationship with that family and um, advised for counseling and wanted to help as we move forward. 2015, I got a text late last night that something happened in 2015, and uh, there was nothing, uh, unless, once again, there's nothing, you know, once again, I don't know who creates a story like that. And then this recent one was, uh, you know, you press pause, it's something our team lives by, E plus R equals O, you get an event, you press pause, get your mind right and step up, press pause to gather information, uh, get your mind right to gather energy, and, and then step up to do the right thing that's... Uh, the position that I hold, and that's why we did that. All right, do you hear that? That's the urban haters gathering their ammo because this is a bad look on Urban Meyer. Why? Because he says there was nothing to that 2015 incident. Now, Powell Police Department officials said early Tuesday morning that they had no records of any arrests, but then they came back later in the day and said they discovered records of those incidents. And you mean to tell me that Urban Meyer doesn't know what's going on, especially with the guy who he said he's close with, a guy that he and his wife have, have a relationship with. So if you're, if you're going to try to tell me that he didn't know about that 2015 incident, it sounded an awful lot like there are no records, so you can't prove anything. And then Powell comes back after he talks and says, oh, wait, we discovered the records. Not a good look, man. Not a good look at all. And Urban Meyer, of course, has said also that uh, no one's ahead of the program. Called it a very tough call, but it was in the best interest of Ohio State football that he be fired. He also said, I'm not getting into any he said, she said, and it just it, – these comments weren't good for Urban. Taking a jab there at uh, Brett McMurphy, though, saying, I don't know who creates stuff like this when obviously – comes back that McMurphy had not created it. I mean, what does he have to gain to say that there was a police report? And then, of course, it does come out now that obviously there was a police report with the assistant coach Zach Smith dating back to 2015. By the way, McMurphy is, McMurphy is not with uh, uh, anyone right now. Just Crazy. called America's own college football insider. <laughs> <laughs> nice title. But look, man, he came back and he tweeted. He said, contrary to Urban Meyer's comment, there was nothing to my 2015 report. Powell Police Department confirms that there were an, uh, that Zach Smith was investigated on felony counts of domestic violence and assault um, and menacing by stalking. Hmm. And so he, I mean, he fired back. He gave details and he offered up the. Uh, the record. So, look, man, if you're gonna if you're gonna sit here and try to plead ignorance or try to say something's not true, man, you better have your facts straight. And I think he probably did have his facts straight. Cause he probably checked and saw. And this is me speculating. He probably checked and saw that Powell uh, Police Department didn't have the records. All of a sudden, they find the records, and it's not a good look. Urban Meyer's got to be. Why does this have to go down at this time of the yeah. year? And then you have to go up to the podium well, and, and face. He's gonna face the cameras and have some tough questions to ask, answer no matter what. But then it for it to come just right before Big Ten media day. And, of course, he faces the questions of if you weren't going to be in the room with all of us, would you have made this move? Yeah. You know, and that's a fair question, and it's a hard one to answer, too. Other uh, coaching news. How about uh, Bill Belichick finding a new drunky, uh, drinking buddy? Do tell. Bielema has found a new gig. He, of course, uh, fired from Arkansas. He will join Bill Belichick on his staff kind of a consulting role but a pretty big pretty good gig for him 
as of course he steps aside from football and will continue to uh, get a nice paycheck from Arkansas, but can kind of uh, pick the brain now of the NFL's most successful head coach. It's also a good look anytime you are with Belichick or yeah. Saban. Yeah. I like the move for him. Other headlines. Other headlines. How about Nick Saban? We got to get into that. Uh, Nick Saban issuing a warning to his two quarterbacks. Yeah, you you were more excited about this than I was. Yeah. I, I read this and was like, "This is typical Nick." He's yeah. saying, "Don't, you know, don't uh, generate attention. Don't," and that goes for your families as well. It's not going to help you win this starting job. I thought that was all kind of general stuff. Yeah. Uh, of course, in reference to uh, Hertz and Tua. Can can you help me out how to say Tua's last name? We I'm, I'm tired of saying Tua. No, we will always call him Tua. No, I think we need to work on it. No, it's like we, Madonna. We, we are paid professionals. Tua, it's like Madonna. If, no. if we say Tua, everybody knows who we're, who we're talking uh, but about. But I don't think that's doing our job. You can't. I mean, wait, Prince? Would you rather say? Yeah, I'd rather learn how to say his last I'm name. I'm saying, would you rather botch it every single time? No, would you I'd say, say get Tua? it right. We're not going to get it right. It's the elephant in the room. So all season long, we're just going to continue to say Tua. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Yeah, that's not good. Everybody knows you're talking about we say Madonna and Prince. <laughs> and Alabama's quarterback, <laughs> exactly. who may, may not be the starting quarterback. He is the starting quarterback. All right. He will be the starting quarterback. I'm going to work on it, and then I'm going to teach you. Okay. All right. Saban on uh, his two quarterbacks, Jalen Hurts and Tua, said, I've told, I've told both players, you got to win the team. And everything you do to bring attention to yourself or anybody even in your family that brings attention to yourself, you're not doing yourself a service in trying to win the team. Yeah. That doesn't do anything for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I got some better headlines for you. How about that? Uh, A couple of them are actually uh, contract-centered. And the biggest one I think has to be Todd Gurley. His $60 million deal is – Quite the deal for a running back. He, of course, got a $20 million signing bonus. Gets $45 million guaranteed. And the best part of this is Le'Veon Bill's response. He gets on Twitter and he says, LOL, and people thought I was tripping. I thought that was great. Great tweet from Le'Veon Bell there, who's trying to also get that big payday. Mm. But good for Ty Gurley. Mm. You know, you brought this up, uh, I guess it was last week, saying when is that contract situation going to coming to the light and you know what they never really had an issue they handled it behind closed doors and uh, now Gurley gets to be a very very rich man if you're worried about Baker Mayfield getting into camp for the Cleveland Browns don't sweat it signed sealed and delivered with Cleveland uh, 32 and a half million dollars yep yep Julio Jones is another story though with the Atlanta Falcons it looks like he's gonna miss huh yeah most likely. Uh, he's not going to be reporting to camp. Even though he signed a deal in 2015, a five-year deal, $12 million signing bonus, uh, I believe $47 million of that was guaranteed. This year he's got a base salary of 10.5. So, what, he's got three years left on this contract. But he's holding out. And Atlanta, I think, should just say, all right. I mean, you sign a deal, and then two years into it, you want to renegotiate it? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Uh, he will be fined forty thousand dollars a day for missing. Let's go to the uh, Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline, and we have on the line. Who do we got, Tabes? Tharp, what is up with this? Tommy Tharp joined hey. us for a rare occasion. I didn't think he got up this early. What's up? What's up, guys? Uh, you never call in unless prompted to do so, so it must be a special. Well, I got day. my I got my butt up over my head this morning listening to y'all. 
And that's something new? No, but it's something that this morning I reacted upon. Okay. Well, what is Urban Meyer supposed to? What, what is Urban Meyer supposed to do? Yeah. What, what what is he supposed to do to to make you guys happy? What does he got to do? Fire everybody, or what's he got to do? I did not say to make me happy. I was just saying I, I like the situation when a high profile coach is up there, and it's a touchy situation, and he's got to tap dance a little bit. I like to see that conflict. Well, I understand but, that, but, but I don't like him. I don't. I, the point is, I don't like him then throwing, of course, a media member under the bus saying, well, I, I just think he's making up information. When that is not the case, then the media member actually has uh, the the right facts and, of course, the paperwork that says, yes, police investigated this situation right. in 2015. I understand completely. However, there have been times in the history of the United States media that there have been mild fabrications of stories. Yeah. So, therefore, if you were a head coach and you didn't know for sure what was going on, and somebody was throwing something to you as fact, as fact, I might would have some plausible deniability in there, too, saying, you know, I don't know if that's true or not, and if it's not, I don't appreciate it. You know, he was wrong, obviously. But my point is, his assistant obviously made a lot of mistakes, and I'm sure he's going to be, you know, prosecuted to the full extent of the law, and then the University of Ohio State University, excuse me, will have to uh, make a decision on what they're going to do, but I'm just not real sure what Urban's supposed to do. I mean, he's... <laughs> Don't you but, but think what? Urban knew, though? Well, I don't know. It doesn't matter what I think. What matters is, uh, is it being is it being prosecuted and looked at like any other human would be? What if you knew that it was one of your close workmates, uh, guy sitting across the desk from you, and it wasn't, you know, uh, something that you needed to speak about until the proper steps were taken by authorities? It would probably go. be best to step back and let it go. There you and go. That's no, that's... Prob- he started to do that, and that's what I was going to say. He started to do that. He started to say, this is about relationships. I don't want to get yeah. into all that. And he could have stopped right there, but he kept talking well, he and he dug himself right into a hole. Well, he dug himself into a hole, but it's not a hole of his making. He was trying to – I mean, I just I just know the relationships of coaches on a staff. And, and, and everybody's human, and, you know, we talk about – loyalty and work and teamwork and staying together and building this thing as a family. All that's true. Every bit of that's true. But we're all still humans and we all still make mistakes. And when one of your family members make a mistake, you don't want to be the guy uh, or you're not, you shouldn't want to be the guy to throw him under the bus and say, look, man, sure. uh, I think he was defending best he could, you know, and maybe he should have shut up. I understand that. But my point is, I don't think this is a Joe Paterno situation. I don't think this is a no. uh, you know a situation where he was hiding a heinous crime from all of humanity. I think it was a situation where he stepped back and went, man, dude's got to get his act together. And um, sometimes I think the media pushes it a little far. You're right. It would have been best to say nothing. Uh, I agree 100%. But he t- you know, actually he didn't even try to defend him. He tried to lay the backstory of what he did know. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I just get upset. I just get upset whenever uh, you know the, the the cow breaks out of the pasture. And everybody wants to kill the farmer. I, I just get upset <laughs> about that. That 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 doesn't make any sense to me. Write that down, well, Dietrich. You'll use it someday. An Iowa boy. I like that terminology there. I can relate to that. That's good. You're welcome. Well, look. I now I'm on, I'm, on to, I'm on to the, I'm on to the senior open. I'm trying uh, to calm my nerves. Is this and, the final? And, uh, this has got to be the final week, right, of the, the, the golfing tour? 
It 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 uh it's closing rather fast. Monday we played forty five holes at uh a Robert Trick Jones pair of courses in Birmingham. Had a great time. Uh set all kinds of course records, none of which I'd like to admit to. Uh enjoyed it. Took a day off yesterday, gonna play a little golf today and then we're gonna gonna see how things go next week. Alright. Uh update on the field house. What's what's the status? I'm sorry? This update on the field house. Is it ready to roll? Oh, uh, well, yeah. Uh, no, it is not. Uh, there will be another inspection of some sort. I'm not privy to how that works exactly, but there will be another inspection by the uh, the maestros who, who pass these sorts of things. Sometime this week, and uh, my understanding is if things go correctly, we'll be turned loose to go into the field house this week. The uh, indoor facility will not be ready for another, oh, another probably 30 days. All right. Thank you, bud. Thanks for the call. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, Tommy Tuck. Love to get him fired up, and obviously we yeah. touched a nerve. Yes, but – and I agree with with some of the points he made. That the fact is, Urban should have just shut up. Urban didn't have to go into it. And like I said, he started to say that. He started to talk about this is these are people's lives. I'm not getting into that. And that would have been fine. And the more people ask about it, he can be like Saban and just get annoyed and say, I'm not answering that. I already told you, which is something that he's done before. That said, when you open your mouth like that, I have a hard time believing that he didn't know about that 2015 incident. And to me, and this is speculatory, but it just sounded like his team did their job of saying, well, are there any records? Are there any anything that people can discover? And the police department at the time didn't have anything, and then later they found it. Let's get the, another tough headline out of the way. A report coming down that a Dallas woman has filed a Class C assault complaint against Carolina Panthers defensive tackle Vernon Butler, of course, formerly of Louisiana Tech. She told Dallas police that the 2016 first-round draft pick pushed her down some stairs in a nightclub incident earlier this month. The woman made the complaint to the South Central Patrol Station on July 19th, the police spokesman told ESPN on Tuesday the incident occurred on July 14th around 2 a.m. The woman told police she was involved in a verbal altercation with Butler, at which point he threw a drink in her face and pushed her down some stairs. The woman was not injured, according to the spokesman. Uh, Carolina has come out with a statement that says, We just learned of the allegations involving defensive tackle Vernon Butler, and we are in the process of gathering more information. Stay tuned. Of course, Vernon Butler, who we've had on the show and actually in the studio, was the 30th pick of the 2016 draft out of Louisiana Tech. It is part of the starting lineup brought to you by Louisiana Pavement. The starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. Are you crying? Starting lineup. Are you crying? The starting lineup. There's no crying. Let's get to the starting lineup. We got some more headlines coming up after the break, and then 7:30, Saul Graves will join us for our doctor's segment, and then uh, we'll continue to talk a lot of college football and NFL. We got some four downs coming up later in the show, and uh, the Saints report to training camp today. Yes. Also. We've got to find out what are the final three movies. The votes are up at Morning Drive 977. Get those votes in. Only a couple more hours left. We will find out what is the best sports movie. 888-993-7762. We're off and running on the Morning Drive.
The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Hi, I'm David Griffin, linebacker for your ULM Warhawks. Tickets for the upcoming 2018 season are now on sale. Come experience the best on the bayou, tailgate in the Grove, and cheer on your Warhawks. We look forward to seeing you in Malone Stadium this fall. Come help us defend the nest. For ULM football season ticket information, call 318-342-HAWK or visit ULMWarhawks.com. Let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston. Like a piece of cut I continue to chew on. So the cows break out of the pasture, so yeah. you go and you shoot the farmer. What a tharpism. Yeah, I like it. That's a great one. And Jake over here drooling. He gets an update. A year ago, Coach O was in the area. No, I just, I just found it funny that a year ago O was in the area, and he hasn't come back. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this area is very important in Northeast to our football program, Northeast Louisiana football. Yeah. And he hasn't been back since. No. Well, he's made some stops through. But he, no, he hasn't uh, done a fan, fan interaction deal. Right. Okay. So uh, that didn't complete your summer since – you didn't get an opportunity to no, chit-chat with the Orgeron? I had a great summer. <laughs> okay, um, let's get into a quick Astros update because I know yes. we don't have a lot of time. We are your home for the Houston Astros. That's right. A Springer Dinger paved the way for an 8-2 to two win wow. in extras. What? Nice headline. You didn't like that? Mm-hmm. Um, here's, here's something that I found interesting, though. Some people caught up with uh, manager A.J. Hinch. They were asking about um, – why why he didn't move Alex Bregman over to short in, in place of Carlos Correa, who um, I think it's missed like 23 games or so. Anyway, uh, this was his quote. First off, Bregman's really good at third base. And with the shifts that we play so often, he does play shortstop quite a bit. A lot of, a lot of uh, left-handed hitters in the league. And he said, I don't really want a large gap in time of him playing third base because when Correa comes back, he's going to play short. Correa is going to play short. Um and I thought this was cool. This article, uh, this was from, was actually in the at, at Athletic. Um, it, it said Bregman, the Astros' best player, through almost 65% of the season. 
I thought that was cool, just the fact that people were acknowledging Bregman as the best player on the defending world champions. And this isn't no uh, world champion team where they're having this slow start. I mean, the Astros are, are ripping off wins left and right, one of the best teams in the league. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's really cool what Bregman's done. That's all I got. 888-993-7762. Later in the hour, we're going to play first downs coming up we have not heard from dr saul graves in a while Mm. well that drought comes to an end in two minutes saul will join us after the break the area's newest lawn equipment pro center is your new cub cadet superstore yard power yard power is your source for the full line of cub cadet mowers in fact they're the only cub dealer in northeast louisiana and yard power is loaded with over 100 cub cadet mowers on the ground and ready to roll all backed by a full service and parts department remember yp yard power highway 165 north in monroe and just off new in west monroe The way you purchased a car in the past is changing. With Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, shop our inventory new and used, value your trade, and apply for financing from home on your couch in the comfort of your bed. Wherever you choose, whenever you want, at Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com, we'll hand you your keys so you can get to the important things in life. Visit Ronnie Ward Toyota of Ruston.com. Drive your dream. Live to drive. Metal Mart is your source for metal roofing. Metal Mart carries metal roofing and structural steel. But that's not all. Metal Mart also stocks hardware items like weld-on latches and hinges, as well as decorative post caps. Metal Mart bends custom trim and flashing on-site with short lead times, usually within 24 hours. For your metal roofing and building needs, it's Metal Mart. 5930 Frontage Road behind Sam's and Monroe. Call 343-3900. Metal Mart, the right materials for the right price. The North Louisiana or Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic is dedicated to helping you get back to your old self, maybe even better. Whether a sports-related injury or an accident in daily life has you sidelined, let the progressive all-star team of physicians, therapists, and professional staff at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic provide superior service and results. Visit us at MonroeOrtho.com to schedule your appointment at one of our three locations in Ruston, West Monroe, or 1501 Louisville Avenue in Monroe. It's time for the Morning Drive's weekly visit with the sports medicine doctors at North Louisiana Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Clinic. Welcome back to the Morning Drive. Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. It feels like it's been a long time since we had an opportunity to visit with Dr. Saul Graves. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance Hotline. Saul, how you been, bud? Hey, Aaron. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. You always make me feel guilty, so I go on vacation, I go to a beach, you go on vacation, you go and do missionary work. Uh, what was that experience like for you, bud? Well, I tell you, it was great. Uh, we got to go uh, with a group of, uh, of people to Honduras and uh, actually built a church while we were down there. And, and you know, it's not, didn't feel guilty. It's the first time I've, I've ever done anything like that. And, and um, it, it, was a, it was certainly a great experience, and I would, uh, I would highly recommend it to, to anybody. I mean, it's a... It's a you know, chance to help some people that that uh, are definitely living in in poverty, and 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 uh, also helps you appreciate you know what we have here for sure. I can only imagine what kind of rewarding experience that is, and just to see the smiles and how thankful they were for you guys for coming down there and doing that. 
Yeah, no doubt. And you know, the one thing about the, the people in Honduras and, and the people in Central America, from what I've heard in general, is, is they're they're very happy. You know, even though they 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 don't have a lot, they they're happy, and, and certainly we're appreciative of what we did. And, and you know, I hear people say it a lot, but oftentimes. Uh, and I know in my case it was it's what happened. You know, it seems like I probably got more out of it uh, than than what the, those people did. So it was definitely uh, definitely a rewarding uh, rewarding uh, experience. While you're out doing important things, we continue to battle over uh, trivial things like the best sports movie of all time. Uh, so what's the one or two movies that uh, you enjoy the most sports related? That's it. Rocky. Rocky one and two would be. My- would be my top two for sure. Those are uh, I could watch them, you know, once a week if I if I, if I had the chance. See, Jake, I, I like the Rocky friend. Here's my problem, Saul. the The boxing scenes, man. Does it bother you when you sit there and watch it and they're just swinging at win? <laughs> you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I guess it didn't because I because I thought they were they were all great. So. Um, and I, now I don't, I don't, I didn't like him as much as they went forward with the with the sequels, but definitely the first two were uh, were great. And then you know, Chariots of Fire is another one that that you know people don't talk about a lot, but that was a great yes. movie as well. Yes, Chariots of Fire did not crack the list. In fact, we have not received one, one text, text about no. it the entire <laughs> week, and, and that is one of the all time classics too. Man, it was it's great. Uh, you know, just a just a great uh, movie about competition and and. Um, it was it was great, really good. All right, Saul. So before we got dive into some medical questions, I want to pick your brain. Of course, being a former LSU quarterback and a huge LSU Tigers fan, the preseason predictions are out, and I'm sure you thumbed through a few magazines and, of course, keeping track of everything that took place at SEC Media Days. So the Tigers pegged to finish fifth in the West. What do you think? <laughs> it's just a little surprising, although when you kind of when you kind of break things down and, and you see. You know, it, it's hard to pick. It's hard to pick them ahead of Auburn and, and Alabama. You know, Alabama just because of who they are. Auburn because of what they've got coming back, and 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 certainly you know, may have the best quarterback in the league. And and then you then you talk about Mississippi State, and and um, that's a team that you don't really consider as being picked ahead of LSU. But but you look at what they did to LSU last year, and then you look at what they've got coming back. <clears throat> I guess the only variable with them is. Is you know is the coach going to be able to do the the things that, that Mullen did, and then you throw Jimbo Fisher in there at Texas A&M, and it's hard to pick against against them. So I, I can certainly see you know why that happened. Um, I, I, you know, as as a fan, I, I kind of like the, the the position of being the underdog and, and maybe surprising some people. And you know, there's so many variables uh, with this LSU team going into the year. I mean, really, I guess guess the only thing that that's, that's Sort of constant and predictable, in my opinion, is the defense. I think is going to be really good, and and you know you can do a lot of things with a good defense, and 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 then hopefully you know the quarterback situation works itself out, and, and the offense is able to be to be productive, and then you might end up with a really good team. We've talked about this before, and you being a former quarterback, and you know what it's like being in a quarterback's room. How do they handle that situation, making that uh, productive for the team? And dealing with those personalities, and of course, the debate about who will be the starter, because you literally have what now four guys that think they should be the starter for LSU come the fall. Yeah, um, and I think it's, that's going to be real important how they handle it. And um, you know, I was a part of a couple of quarterback uh, competitions when I was at LSU. One when I was a freshman, and one when I was a senior. And 
I think the key is it's got to be fair. And, and, and what I mean by that is, is that you've got to make people prove it on the field. And, and, and I think it's easy to do. I mean, I think you just have to chart everything that goes on in practice and scrimmages from the time you start to, to the time you name the starter. And, and you, you've got to be objective about it, in, in my opinion. And, 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 then you, um, and then, of course, there's some intangibles as far as leadership and, uh, and that sort of thing. But, but still, I think that you can go out there and you can chart every throw. You can chart um, uh, you know, decisions, you know, checks, all those kind of things that, that a quarterback has to do. Uh, and then I think that, that you make sure that every guy understands that they've got a, they've got a shot at it, and then I think it plays out. And you don't have to get in a hurry. You got you know four weeks or so to to make that decision, and um, you know you, you can you know, obviously narrow it down to to less and less guys as you get closer. And, and uh, I think that's the way you do it. Uh, um, and I think if if you do that, the, the guys on the team, the quarterbacks in the room, they appreciate you know that and and, and know that they had a chance. And, and usually it's pretty clear. Uh, by the end, who who should be the guy? So uh, obviously, Joe Burrow is a very talented kid. We looked at his, of course, his stats coming out of high school, high profile, and his limited time at Ohio State. How much is he going to be up against the eight ball, not knowing the system and getting back up to speed where the other guys are that have literally been in the system for a couple of years now? Yeah, you know, of course, I don't know how much the system's changed since Insminger took over. You know, they may have changed a lot of. Uh, of the terminology that they may not have, but um, I mean the, the advantage he has is he's not like a you know a freshman coming in. I mean that's very very difficult for for a freshman to do. Um, but but here's a guy that's been in college football now for for three years and was a part of a pretty complex offense at at Ohio State. Um, you probably could say more complex than, than what he's going to face at LSU, and so. Um, you know, he's got all summer to learn the terminology, and, and I really don't think it's going to be an issue. I, I think he, in fact, he, he probably, when you think about it, maybe other than McMillan, probably has more quarterback knowledge than anybody else um, on that team, and, and probably more than McMillan as well. You know, I don't know, I don't know how, how how much those guys have as far as quarterback knowledge, but I can guarantee you, Burrow is going to be pretty competitive in that sense. Uh, of course, training camp's uh, kicking off today. We're expecting plenty of uh, injuries over the course of the next couple of weeks. A little slow right now. But I wanted to ask you about uh, this is the time of the year for uh, high school football physicals. How has that kind of process changed or has it not changed through the years? Yeah, I would say in terms of high school physicals, it, it really probably hasn't changed. I mean, it's still pretty much the same things that, that we've always gone through. You know, we um, you know, obviously in terms of orthopedics, we do, you know, a thorough, you know, kind of musculoskeletal assessment. Um, uh, and then, you know, you always want to, you want to listen to the heart and lungs and those kind of things. And, and then I think the history is another big thing. Obviously, I think we, you know, we want to talk a lot about, you know, concussions and, and, uh, and finding out if kids have had prior concussions or, or, you know, things that they may not have known were a concussion. As well, I think where they've changed the most, though, has been in, in college uh, and in, in the NFL as well. You know, one thing in college that, that's being done now is there's a lot more um, assessments being done when, as far as looking at the heart, you know, and, and including you know, uh, EKGs and, more importantly, echocardiograms to try to pick up, you know, heart, uh, heart my, or cardiac myopathies, which, which obviously can cause uh, sudden, sudden death, and that's the thing that you want to try to pick up Although it's a very rare thing, you know those are the, those are the things you read about when a kid's doing conditioning and 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 they just drop 
drop dead on the field. And, and, and those are the kind of things that that, that monitoring, uh, in some cases, can pick up. Yeah, by the way, a main athlete died in a preseason. They said a light workout yesterday up there, so uh, still a cause unknown. Uh, strange baseball injury for you, Saul. Uh, Noah Syngard from the Mets uh, has what they call hand, foot, and mouth disease. I know this isn't your realm of expertise, but I heard this, and I was like, what in the world is this, and how could this keep him out of the lineup or put on the DL for a few weeks? Yeah, really, really crazy. And of course, I hadn't really thought about that that particular disease since I was in med school. But yeah, you know, it's a it's actually a pediatric uh, illness, almost like the flu. Um, it's a viral illness, and and um, the reason why it's called hand, foot, and mouth disease is that uh, you get these painful ulcers in your mouth, and then you develop a rash on your on your foot and on your feet and, and hands, and um, it, it's one of those kind of things that's transmitted like the flu, um, either through uh, um, you know close contact or even through the air as well. And, and I'm not sure how he got it. You know, you don't hear very much of adults getting it, although it can happen. Um, and so, yeah, I think maybe he was around kids at a camp or something like that. I'm not sure, but um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a rare sports medicine illness. But uh, I guess it's affected him. So, um, and, and apparently. Um, the, the ulcers that you can get in your mouth are extremely painful. And so it, I don't, who knows how long he'll be out. I would say a couple of weeks, but that's a, that's a tough thing for a, uh, for a baseball player to have to go through. Uh, his manager said when learned of the diagnosis on Sunday, hand, foot, and mouth, are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, that's the first I've heard of it. I mean, I know it's, it happens to adults, but I don't, I don't think I've, I've – known of any adults to 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 get that uh, illness and unfortunately uh T- tim tebow appears his season has come to an end with a broken hand i guess typically what's the rehab process for like for for this and then i guess he'll have all off season to get ready and get ready to go out again in the spring training yeah you know he um he has a hook of the hamate fracture which is actually a pretty common uh injury to baseball players and it's there's several small carpal bones uh, in your hand and, and wrist and, and the hook of the hamate, um, the, the hook is just a prominent part of the hamate bone. And in many cases, you'll see a, a baseball player, they'll, they'll slide their, their hands down the bat where the butt of the bat is sort of sitting in the palm of the hand to, to give them a little bit more length on the bat. And I'm not sure that's what, if that's how uh, Tebow was, was holding his bat, but in many cases, that's how that hamate fracture occurs because the butt of the bat will uh, will contact the hamate, and the treatment for it is you actually don't fix it. You basically just go in and remove the hamate bone, um, and, and the recovery can actually be pretty rapid. It, it's um, so if it were early in the season, he would have no problem getting back because really once you take the hamate out, there's no restrictions. It's just a matter of getting over the soreness of that um, of that uh, the scar that and, and incision has to be made to take it out. So with it being this late in the season, that's why he's going to miss the rest season so uh actually you know uh, lsu fans remember warren morris that hit the walk-off uh, home run to win the world series for lsu that's actually what had kept him out the majority of that year was a was a handmade fracture that he had to have surgery on and then he came back towards the end of the year and, and of course you know probably the most famous baseball player in lsu history Saul, so, uh if uh, listeners out there need your assistance or your colleagues where can they find y'all well, we've got our three locations, uh, our main office on Louisville Avenue in Monroe and uh, have our office in, in West Monroe on McMillan Street and also in Ruston on 
uh, South Vienna. Uh, we have daily injury clinics uh, that uh, happen about 9 o'clock each weekday morning uh, in the Monroe office and also our after-hours clinics to start on the weekday afternoons around 5 o'clock and go to 8 o'clock at night and then also on Saturday morning from 8 to 11. Saul, it's good to hear your voice again. We'll see you out at a game or a field very soon. Thanks, bud. All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Dr. Saul Graves. Good stuff. Do you want to hear my best uh, physical story? Of course. So I believe I was going into the seventh grade. It was probably the first physical I had to take. So, uh, you know, we're in rural Iowa. So, yeah, at that point you had to go to a hospital or at least a clinic to get a physical. So, obviously, you have to take your little P-test, correct? So I was dehydrated. I was able to finally do that. So I'm walking to deliver the uh, P-test to the nurse, and I trip and fall. <laughs> all over the floor yeah. or on some uh, All over the floor. Okay. So, you know, it's very embarrassing. I sh- they should have just said right then, you cannot be involved in athletics. <laughs> if you're that clumsy, you can't even pull off or succeed in the P-test. Oh, my goodness. And then, of course, the other issue is then you're literally stuck in there for another hour, hour and a half. Right. Drinking water. Yes. Yeah. You, yeah. That is awful. That was a bad start to my athletic career in the junior high ranks. I'll tell you one one physical story. Um, I had to borrow some pee one time, not because of any oh, drugs. No, no, this sounds illegal. But because I could not pee, I just could not do it. You can't go borrow someone's. Well, I did one time. Uh, this this sounds. I very did take fishy. a risk because I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> You know, this if, sounds extreme. If, if I get flagged and it's because of their pee. What was going on down in Vidalia? <laughs> and what kind of, uh, you know, testing are they doing there? That is not, I mean. Look, when you can't do it and you've been there for hours upon hours, <laughs> you know, because it's so early in the morning. I don't want to hear your excuse. Well, you know. <laughs> Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. We'll play a little four downs. What at eight o'clock coming up yeah. next? We still got some, I got some more headlines. Yeah, we got more headlines, including a huge golf tournament uh, teeing off out at Bayou Desir. Has some sound from a number of guys participating, including one of our favorites. I wouldn't call him an old timer, but he's got at least 30, 40 years on some of the guys he's competing against this week. That story coming up after the break. All right, seven forty-five. It's that time of the year when uh, camps are opening up, we got plenty of headlines. we still got some left over from the top of the hour. Yes, we do. Uh, got to get to some real quick here. Um, more bad news on the college football circuit. Uh, Florida's Justin Watkins remains on the team. He's indefinitely suspended, but he remains on the team after his second arrest in the last three months. Yeah, how much longer will he be on the team? Uh, probably not much longer. Two arrests in the course of? Three months. Yeah, awful. Uh, so, you know, this is that time of the year, off season. This is when all the football coaches hold their breath because these stories leak. Um, you know, I was hyping up yesterday. Uh, Nick Newell was going to fight the one-armed UFC fighter, yeah. have a chance to get into the UFC. He was out-wrestled, unfortunately, by Alex Munoz. Uh, the fight was kind of a dud. Uh, Did you pay for it? Well, you could do a seven-day free trial. So I used my seven days to watch it. Um, so technically, no. But anyway, um, yeah, it was it was one of those fights where you know he just he could not get up off of his back, and Munoz just smothered him. So his opportunity at the UFC seemingly closed yesterday. Uh, one more headline for you: LSU recruiting is is back 
building more momentum. Um, Emory, the running back from, from Destrehan, he looks to be an LSU lean after previously being thought to be a, a Mississippi State back. Um, but LSU's, you know, reportedly on top now. And you got Devontae Lee from Meet and uh, Trey Palmer from Kentwood. Both guys, um, it's, it's being rumored that both guys are heavy LSU leans. So what does this mean? If they get Sopcher and these in-state talents, they have a very good chance to locking up the number one mm. recruiting class for next year. Why do I bring this up? So when LSU stumbles out to a one and three start, uh, Lee was going to go to Orgeron and say, what's the deal? And Orgeron's going to say, well, you know, I do have the number one recruiting class well, on the horizon. That was the question I wanted to ask you. If he does have the number one recruiting class on the horizon, does it matter what his record is this year? I don't think he can go like two wins or three wins, but I mean, <laughs> six wins, you'd think they'd give him a pass. Six and six, he keeps his job. It's going to be ugly, though. Ooh, six yeah. and six, and he loses to Louisiana Tech. Yeah. Well, Louisiana Tech's the deal breaker, especially if you can't one lose in three. state. Yeah. Cannot lose in state. Yeah. I don't think he'd make it out of the state. Yeah, I don't think he would have his job uh, Sunday mm. if he lost to Tech. But, you know, I, I just – I thought it was an interesting question because I was looking at it and I was like, well, do you really want to risk – you know, Because they could always come back and say, we can hold this class together. We'll just uh, put Aranda in as the head coach, interim head coach, and he'd be able to – How does that work, man? Well, Orgeron. They didn't keep that class. He kept a lot of guys, but they didn't keep everybody. Who did they lose? Dylan Moses. Mm. You're forgetting that. They lost the number one recruit. Um, so, I mean, that doesn't always always work out. So, I just thought it was interesting. You know, I, I think Ed Orgeron's fighting for his job this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's a tough ask because he's got the toughest schedule in the country. And, you know, I just thought if he had the number one, it, it does help him. Mm -hmm. uh, can, can we just say that it does help him out tremendously, um, that maybe he could withstand a 6-6 six and six record to keep his job? But man, you talking about 2019? If they go six and six, 2019, that seat couldn't be any hotter. I know a number of you are trying to hit us up on the text line this morning. The Stuart Shelby Goosehead Insurance text line at eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. I apologize. I continue to try to work on it, but the text line Head right now it. is not up and running. You haven't fixed it yet. I'm going to blame it on this country. This country. This uh, company that has the text line. Okay. They're having some issues at their headquarters. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Or perhaps it's just us having issues. I don't think so. <laughs> I, I, I'm decent. With so uh, you can still call in, though. It, it's, you know, old school. 888-993-776. Hey, we had a great call in by, by Tommy Tharp yeah. earlier. All right. Uh, the big tournament about to tee off or is teed off just in the last uh, hour out at Bayou this year. I think it is now the 67th annual Cotton States. Some uh, premier amateur golfers from the South. Majority of them, of course, being uh, recent high school graduates or college players. But then you mix in a few wild cards from northeast Louisiana, including uh, former NFL quarterback Stan Humphreys is in the mix, fresh off winning the Bayou Desir Club Championship. And then Bob Cooper, at the age of 61, he won the Cotton States back in 1999. He'll be out there going up against the young guns starting today. I had an opportunity to catch up with uh, Coop yesterday, and we discussed the Cotton States and what it's like playing against the youngsters. 
Well, you know, we're almost on the 20th anniversary here of the, la of the year I won it, uh, Aaron. So, uh, you know, it's just great. That's what I love about this game, you know, the longevity of it and being able to sit out here and compete and play with these guys. Sure, they're longer and younger and stronger, but uh, it's uh, just, you know, just a great deal to be out here and, you know, represent Bidaseard and uh, this great city and try to do good for us. Like we got a couple of local boys trying this week. Do you feel any pressure on yourself from the guys in the clubhouse, you know, just people in the community? Because you're kind of representing a lot of different categories, not only Monroe, but the old timers out here. Uh, not really, you know, I'm just going to try to play my game, you know, I'm starting to play a little bit better and uh, everything, so uh, I'm just looking forward to it and uh, no extra pressure, just need to go out and let Par be my friend for about two days. Can you play mind games with the youngsters? Uh, not necessarily, maybe I can try to slow play them, that'd be my <laughs> only chance. <laughs> this tournament, how has it evolved through the years and how important it is to buy you this year? Well, you know, it, it's kind of put Bidasir on the map from an amateur standpoint. Uh, what we, you know, you receive points and everything and what these kids are fighting for to try to get on different squads nationally and everything. So it's a big tournament. It's big for the community. It's good for the community. Gives us a chance to showcase, uh, you know, Bidasir to Monroe off and that we're all proud of. So yesterday, uh, Cooper was playing with two future Warhawks. How about this story, uh, Jake? Keegan McLaughlin and Otto Van Buren. Uh, oh, <laughs> Tua. Okay, Keegan, Keegan and Otto. <laughs> I do, I no, did, I you got to do your due diligence. You got to say the whole well, name. Otto's last name I didn't even try on the TV side last night because I knew I'd butcher it. But on the radio, I guess it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, they're from South Africa. They're making their way over. They're going to play at ULM this fall. They are the two highest rated amateur golfers in this tournament. Wow. Talk about two prized recruits. One, I think, uh, ranked number 100 in the world right now in amateur golf. The other one at 127. So they just got to Monroe on Saturday. They're out on Bayou de Seard ready to play golf this week. They first made a stop in New York City. They fly into Monroe. Welcome to Monroe. <laughs> Welcome to Northeast Louisiana. You're ready to compete for a championship. I caught up with both Keegan and Otto and asked, what is this experience like? It's a dream come true. It is a... Uh... Yeah, very cool experience. I mean, you won't get a better really opportunity to play and compete. So yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, and we didn't expect it to be this nice. It's really amazing. Yeah, and the people are so friendly, and everyone is just so inviting compared to in New York. <laughs> it's very nice. Yeah, we like it. Buddies, how competitive are you against each other? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we we're very competitive. Uh, we always want to beat each other, which I think is a very good thing. So, yeah, as long as we both play well, then we keep pushing each other on. So, yeah. Yeah, same as he said. We, back home, we always play for something. Always play for pride. If it's money or pride, we play for it. And it's always uh, banter on the course and just fun playing with each other and having fun doing it. You guys are the two highest rated players in this tournament. What's that like? You gonna feel a little pressure going into this thing? Uh, uh, no, not really. Um, well, it's our first tournament, yeah. So we just want to see how it is and the competition and that. So yeah, we're just excited to keep to get going. So yeah. Yeah, we're just excited to play. We won't feel any pressure. Hopefully not. Uh, just play our best and see how it goes. First time playing uh, by you this year, I guess over the last two days. What do you think of the course? It's really nice. Uh, our coach uh, Baldwin told us that the last few months were tough with the new greenkeeper and the, everything just looks amazing. 
Uh, yeah, the so course design is really different to South Africa and the grass as well. So we normally play on Kikui, so this is Bermuda, so we're just getting used to the flyers and yeah, so it's going to be exciting. Finally, what's it like to be a Warhawk? It's awesome. Uh, well, we haven't really experienced it yet, but the facilities are very good, so yeah, we're very excited. Yeah, we're very excited. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun and good experience and just hopefully evolving our golf further on. Girls like the accent too, so you're going to be all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to have that at the end. I got a buddy, he's been here for 20 years, he's from South Africa, and I said, come on, man, you can just lose the accent. No. Yeah, I mean, lose it, man. You've been here 20 years. Beneficial. <laughs> uh, by the way, Keegan and Otto sounds like a business. Yeah. Dude, they've been buddies since the age of 12. Nice. Now, of course, uh, joining forces as they will be ULM Warhawks. They'll be fun to watch this week out at the Cotton States, along with, of course, a number of area guys, including Bob Cooper, Stan Humphreys, and others. Good stuff. 7 o'clock hour in the books. You can join us at 888-993-7762. What are we doing in the 8 o'clock hour, Jake? We've got four downs. We'll be looking at Dark Horse Heisman contenders. We'll also be breaking down the AFC and the NFC. Who are the top five teams in each division? AFC was a lot harder than I thought. I thought NFC was hard because NFC, there's so many good teams. (laughs) AFC, you're kind of like, yeah. Also, uh, the Saints report to training camp today. You'll hear from Boston Scott as he tries to make a name for himself down in the Big Easy. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7 returns after this. Kyle Montgomery with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. The number one overall pick is now signed, sealed, and delivered. Baker Mayfield signed a four-year contract with the Browns Tuesday night worth a fully guaranteed $32.68 million. Mayfield also receives a $21.85 million signing bonus. The third overall pick, Jets quarterback Sam Darnold, remains unsigned and did not report with the rest of the rookies to training camp on Tuesday. Elsewhere, Todd Gurley will be in L.A. for a while. The Rams star signed a four-year, $60 million extension with the team, which includes $45 million guaranteed. That's the most guaranteed money for a running back ever. A couple of stars looking for new deals themselves announced Tuesday they won't report to camp without new deals. Seattle's Earl Thomas won't report to Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.